Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Oh, hello. I'm just uh, waiting for somebody that's trying to get into the call, so I'll just give them a minute. Okay. So uh, we're going to continue with uh, Chapter 19. I'm just going to give somebody a minute to get on. Mm -hmm. Did anybody have any questions on the other chapters before we get started? So today on Chapter 19, we're going to be talking about the Gerson therapy for non-malignant diseases. So from his long uh, clinical uh, practice, Dr. Gerson was able to establish that a patient suffering from a non-malignant disease had a sick, damaged liver, while the liver of someone with a malignancy was severely toxic, poisoned. Based on this difference, he adjusted the treatment accordingly, creating a less intensive therapy for non-malignant conditions. At the same time, he specified that if patients in the latter category followed a stricter protocol closely resembling the full intensive therapy, they recovered faster. The less intensive therapy is less demanding and easier to follow, so that patients on this regime can continue working. This is a great advantage since most people depend on their earned income and cannot leave their jobs for any length of time. Table 19-1 is a typical hour-by-hour schedule for patients on the less intensive therapy. Note for Table 19-1, make yourself a blank schedule to be filled in later as the medications change and the frequency of enemas is reduced. 
Yeah, so if we look at the chart, it, it is a lot less intensive. Okay. So depending on the patient's condition, it is possible to reduce the number of juices from 10 to 8. These should consist of four carrot and apple juices, three green juices, and one orange juice. However, do not reduce it further. Also, patients with collagen disease, example, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, or scleroderma, should not take orange juice. Substitute freshly pressed apple juice, carrot juice, or green juice. It is understood that the food intake, the coffee enemas, uh, the caution of uh, the caution to avoid toxins in the home, etc., all apply. For details on how to pursue the therapy when returning to work, see household help in chapter 20. Things to remember. And today we're going to continue with chapter 20 because chapter 19 was a very short chapter. So chapter 20, things to remember. In this chapter, we present a number of miscellaneous items in support of your efforts to improve and protect your health. Knowledge is power, and the emergence of the so-called expert patients around the world is a sure sign that more and more people are willing to take responsibility for their health and well-being. No doubt you are one of them. We hope you will find the following information useful. Orthodox uh, cancer treatment. Unlike the non-invasive, non-toxic, and holistic cancer treatments contained in the Gerson therapy, orthodox oncology concentrates on the removal or destruction of the tumor by three means, surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. In the following sections, we give brief summaries of each. Surgery. In many cases of cancer, patients are able to avoid surgery by embarking on the Gerson therapy instead. Occasionally, however, a Gerson doctor will suggest surgery in order to debulk the patient's tumor load. It is true that removing a tumor makes it easier for the body to heal with the remaining disease in order to heal. This is because malignancies have a different metabolism from that of normal cells and release toxins into the surrounding tissue as well as into the bloodstream. It stands to reason that this process should be stopped, but surgery has serious negative side effects. Prior to the operation, tranquilizers are administered to the patient to keep him or her calm and prevent a rise in blood pressure. This is followed by a local or general anesthesia for the operation, plus fairly heavy doses of antibiotics. On waking up, the patient is in pain and receives several doses of pain-relieving drugs. In some, many damaging toxins are reduced into the patient's organisms. In more recent times, another problem has emerged. Due to the excessive use of antibiotics and poor hospital hygiene, so-called superbugs have come into being, which are resistant to all, to all available antibiotics. As a result, large number of patients are infected in hospitals with powerful staph, Staphylococcus aureus uh, bacteria, which can't be controlled, especially for cancer patients who already have a weak immune system. Such infections could be life-threatening. Nevertheless, certain circumstances, surgery is urgent and must be performed quickly to save a life. Such a condition could arise from the development of thick scar tissue that is blocking an organ. It could be bleeding from a large blood vessel damaged by invading cancer. 
that has to be stopped. Or a patient may be injured in an accident and the damage needs to be repaired urgently. Often, though, surgery does not have to be immediate. For instance, when a patient on the full Gerson therapy needs to go to the hospital for non-urgent surgical procedure, there is just enough time to make sensible preparations for the event. It should be borne in mind that once a person is well detoxified, his or her body will react much more strongly to drugs, including anesthetics, a pain medication, and even antibiotics. If a more or less detoxified Gerson patient tries to discuss this concern with the regular hospital surgeon and anesthesiologist, they simply will not understand what he or she is talking about. For that reason, it is best to prepare the body to accept unavoidable drugs by making it temporarily less sensitive, even though, unfortunately, this means reducing effectiveness of the therapy. The way to do this is to double the regular daily helping of yogurt and to serve two or three meals of boiled or broiled fish just prior to entering the hospital. This actually puts a temporary stop to the body's self-healing activity. After any necessary surgical procedure, it is advisable to leave the hospital as soon as possible. On returning home, the full therapy is resumed, even omitting yogurt for a week or so and stepping up and stepping up the enemas temporarily to four or more in order to clear out the toxins that have been introduced. Afterwards, the patient returns to the level of uh, to the level of treatment he or she was using before preparing for the hospital visit. Diagnostic surgery: When a mammogram or MRI (magnetic resonance imaging) discovers a suspicious lump or shadow in the breast area. The doctor as well as the patient need to know the exact nature of the lump. The physician will usually suggest an urgent biopsy and examination of a tissue sample to ascertain the situation. The next step is a lumpectomy, i.e. removal of the breast lump. If the surgeon's experience uh, if the if in the surgeon's experience this is likely to be malignant, he or she will also examine the surrounding tissue, especially checking the underarms, lymph nodes to see if the malignancy has spread. The problem is that when the surgeon starts to dissect the lymph nodes, he or she is likely to take out not just one or two, but as many as eight or ten. In orthodox medicine, this is done to give the oncologist the information he or she requires for choosing what is considered appropriate chemotherapy drugs for the patient. However, if the patient has already decided to reject chemotherapy, it is pointless to remove a lot of lymph nodes. To do so would damage their circulation and cause swelling in their arm due to the accumulation of blocked fluids. And this in turn can lead to severe discomfort and even make the arm virtually useless. How can this be avoided? As a matter of routine, before any surgery, the doctor requires the patient to sign a release, stating that he or she is allowed to do anything deemed necessary or best under whatever circumstances they encounter. If the, agent, if the patient agrees to such a general release, he or she may end up having too many lymph nodes removed. Instead, he or she should state in the release that they do not agree to the remo- removal of more than two lymph nodes. Radiation. Radiation can be used for medical diagnostic or therapeutic procedures. 
The earliest exposure of patients to radiation is in the form of x-rays for the diagnostic purposes. These are comparatively the least harmful. Other diagnostic tools include com computed tomography, CT, originally known as a computed axial tomography, or, C or CAT scan, or CT scan, which uses a large amount of x-rays to produce detailed images from several angles of the patient's body. Uh, arm or leg. The only diagnostic tool that does not use x-rays is MRI, which utilizes radio frequency waves and a strong magnetic field to produce a clear picture of internal organs and tissues. If the initial investigation results in a cancer diagnosis, the patient is advised to have a course of radiotherapy, usually consisting of 30 treatments. Although te the technique has been greatly improved in recent years, aiming to limit the radiation solely to the affected area of the patient's body, severe damage in the form of burns can still occur. According to the official allopathic view, radiation burns are virtually impossible to heal, yet the damage is almost entirely reversible by the Gerson technique. Dr. Gerson's book, A Cancer Therapy of 50 Cases, features a patient who had pretend pretreated with who had been pretreated with 88 applications of deep x-rays and was left severely burned or still his cancer reoccurred interestingly on the Gerson therapy his spreading lung tumors and lymph nodes disappeared faster than the radiation burns however he healed completely and lived for almost 50 years in good health in cases of oral cancers radiation treatments are particularly destructive since they cause the salivary glands to dry up. The resulting dry mouth keeps the patient from sleeping and requires constant sipping of water to moisten the dry mouth, yet we have seen patients' mucus membrane reverting to normal after radiation damage in less than two weeks on the therapy. In general, Gruzin doctors rarely use radiation treatments. There is only one specific case in which they can be useful namely in easing the extreme pain of bone cancers or bone mystasis, which are difficult to control and heal more slowly than malignancies, malignancies in so soft tissues. In order to help the patient, a very few, sometimes three, or three to five radiation treatments are used to stop the advance of the tumor and alleviate the pain. Radiation is preferred, preferable, to, preferable to pain management with drugs, which being toxic, interfere, interfere with healing. Since radiotherapy makes drugs unnecessary, the bone can heal and the pain does not return. Chemotherapy. Since about 1960, chemotherapy has been one of the main tools of orthodox cancer therapy. It has many varieties, but they all have one thing in common. They are highly toxic. The purpose of using them is to kill cancer cells and thus eradicate malignant tumors. However, no form of chemotherapy exists that doesn't also kill healthy cells. The way these toxic chemicals are supposed to work is by interfering with the metabolism of malignant cells and stopping the rapid division. They do this, but there are other cells and tissues in the human body that also divide rapidly, namely the bone marrow, which among other things produces the white cells essential to immunity, the, the mucous membranes of the intestinal walls, and the hair follicles. These are serious damage by chemotherapy toxins, resulting in reduced immune function, 
nausea, vomiting, intestinal bleeding, mouth ulcers, and loss of hair. Eventually, the damage becomes much worse. Patients report loss of memory, and children have learning difficulties. Heart, lung, and kidney damage have been reported, together with a high, much higher incidence of infections. Chemotherapy drugs are subject to constant innovations, often motivated by financial considerations. One of the latest drugs, Gemzar, which had originally been accepted for the treatment of lung and breast cancer, has now been cleared for use in advanced ovarian cancer. There is no evidence to show that this drug extends life. On the other hand, it worsens the side effects of previously used chemotherapies. However, it is very expensive. Uh, recent reports state that one course of Gemzar treatment, consisting of six doses given over six months, costs $12,600. Chemotherapy can claim a few triumphs achieving true cures, but they are limited to rare and special cancers, such as um, women's cancer of pregnancy, choriocarcinoma, a type of lymphatic cancer known as Burkitt's lymphoma, mostly found in certain areas of Africa also has been cured in some of 50% of cases. An additional area of success has been the control of many acute childhood leukemias. There are some 50% of child patients survived over five years. Testicular cancer is also claimed to be curable, and indeed a good number of recoveries are on record. Unfortunately, these successes only refer to rare kinds of malignancy. The most common types such as breast, prostate, lung cancers, and more recently, colon cancer, have not shown a good response, even though chemotherapy is almost always administered in such cases. A telling and alarming summary of the use of chemotherapy in late cases was given a long time ago, of 1972, uh, by Dr. Uh, Victor Richards in his book, Cancer, the Way Word Cell, Its Origins, Nature, and Treatment. In this book, Richards states that while population pain relief, and mild tumor shrinkage occurs only for brief duration of about in about 5 to 10% of the cases, chemotherapy serves as an extremely valuable role in keeping patients oriented towards proper medical therapy and prevents, prevents the feeling of being abandoned by the physician. These potentially useful drugs are also may also prevent the spread of cancer quackery. Supporting the use of chemotherapy, Ralph Moss writes in his book, The Cancer Industry, Unraveling the Politics. In Richard's view, <clears throat> in Richard's view it, is, it is worthwhile to risk putting patients through possible nausea, vomiting, dizziness, hair loss, mouth sores, and even premature death simply in order to keep them oriented toward proper medical therapy and away from cancer quackery. In other words, it is worthwhile to stop patients from looking for help other than what is provided by orthodox medicine. In most chemotherapy drug packages, the warning states that this drug is also known to cause cancer. Hmm. Okay, I think, um, I think I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to continue a little bit more. Okay, the seriousness of chemotherapy's toxic effects may be best seen in an oncology nurse's manual. It warns nurses who simply prepare the drugs for administration that they may experience significant risks of damage to the skin, reproductive abnormalities, hematologic blood system problems, and liver and chromosomal lesions. Nurses are also instructed to never eat, drink, 
Vogue or apply cosmetics in the drug preparation area. I'm just going to go to this breast breast implants. These are the choice of uh, some breast implant cancer patients, mainly for cosmetic reasons, but they also have serious health consequences. Of course, it is understandable, understandable that post-mastectomy patients wish to make up for the loss of one or both breasts. However, there are risks in the procedures depending on, depending on what materials are used for it. The worst choice is a silicone-filled pad, which has been known to burst and release silicone in the surrounding air, tissues. In one case, we have seen this cause serious toxicity in the entire chest area, as well as migraine headaches and extreme weaknesses, to the point where the patient became fed, fed fast. The Gerson treatment cleared most, of, cleared most of the trouble. The patient got rid of the migraines, uh, regained her energy, and was able to function normally. Another, if other fillers are used, bursting it is less of a problem, except that the implant is still a foreign material, which the body attempts to reject. It cannot do so since the implant remains firmly in place. This, in turn, causes constant irritation, which is particularly dangerous for patients who had mastectomies for breast cancer. Weighing the pros and cons of implants, it stands to reason the cosmetic considerations are less important than the avoidance of reoccurrence. And I'm going to stop there at the household uh, uh, at the household. Uh, uh, help. Does anybody have any questions, comments? No. Nope. Let me just uh, double check on the screen here. Okay. Nobody has any questions that I can see. So thank you for uh, listening in today, and we will continue next week. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.